Welcome to a dying podcast. My name is Nils and I'm happy to be back recording. Today I'm recording from our house where I've taken the liberty to borrow the room of my friends Petra and Elin because they're currently traveling and uh, this was the best place in the house, I think, and I hope. We'll see. There might be some people moving around on the other sides of walls and ceilings and floors from where I'm based, but I hope it won't make too much noise and you'll be fine with that. Anyway, today's topic. Today's topic is something I've written about already at Medium, something that I've already gotten a lot of reactions to. A lot of interesting and very smart individuals have reached out to either agree or disagree with what I shared in a Medium article, but I wanted to cover it here in the podcast as well. This will not be a copy-paste of what has already been written in the article. It's me trying to explain the same thing in somewhat similar and somewhat different ways. I must say I'm really grateful for bouncing ideas with others even though some of them have not agreed with me at all. (laughs) One of whom is my friend Alexander Bard, who uh, I've had a somewhat heated discussion with regarding this topic on Facebook. I'm not sure that we've reached a conclusion in that yet. But anyway, what I want to speak of is a potential theory of everything. Basically a theory that in all its simplicity, could explain existence, the universe, life, death, consciousness, you, me, and everything. So this is a topic that might seem a little too grand and a little too deep, perhaps, for the taste of some, but it's important to me. I've spent, well, more than four years now thinking about this kind of topic, trying to understand existence, trying to understand this dimension, this realm of whatever this is that we're all a part of, that we all are. And um, I've had many different theories and this one at the moment rings most true to me. So we'll see if I can try to explain that. And I think what's important to point out is that the explanation in itself is not that important. It was, or it is, what explaining everything could mean for individuals and society as a whole. If we understand ourselves, if we understand existence, then maybe we can improve ourselves and enjoy this life and our existence even more. At least that's what I believe and what I hope. So there are different ways to explain this, but basically this theory of everything, I've I've chosen to call it uh, unified fields inside particles, or basically unified energy fields inside particles, inside unified energy fields, inside particles, etc., etc., etc. This might sound like a somewhat daunting name for a theory, but I'll do my best to explain my line of thinking here. So let's get started. And let's bring us all back to school and chemistry and physics class. And I know this will mean I lose 90% of the listeners to this episode, but if you're still eager to stick around, then let's do this. All right. So basic chemistry, basic physics, that's basically where where this stems from and comes from. So if we start by looking at energy, we can state that everything around us is energy. Because if you go down to the molecular level, 
hard word to say. <laughs> if you zoom in as much as possible into any object around you, you will find atoms. And inside the atoms, you will find electrons and neutrons and protons basically spinning around each other. And they are all energy. Everything is energy. So that uh, is a starting point. Everything is energy. You, me, your dog, the house you're sitting in, everything is basically energy. And we know from physics that energy cannot be created nor destroyed. Energy is always there. It's always flowing, it's always shifting, it's always changing forms. But that's all it can do. It can only go from one type of energy to another. From kinetic energy, for instance, to chemical or radiant energy. And that's important because it's actually not crucial for this theory, but to me it's important to think about it like that. If energy can't be created, can't be destroyed, only changes shape, that to me means that it is eternal. You can't destroy it. It can't go away. It never started existing. It's always been there. And since we are all energy, that means we are all eternal. So this has helped me personally with dealing with my fear of death. Uh, is to understand that I am energy and when I die, I'm just going to shift form. I'll just become something else and melt into an energy field. And, and that feels kind of fine. That's actually not too bad. Um, you know, not too bad to die like that. But anyway, it's interesting to point out, not crucial for the theory though. But then if you look inside this energy field, because then everything is an energy field, right? If everything is energy, if you zoom out long enough, you'll see that everything is one gigantic energy field, which is a theory coined by Albert Einstein called the unified theory of everything, basically, where he says that everything should be one unified energy field. This has not been fully proven, but it sort of makes sense. You zoom out and you'll see that if you zoom out, looking at all the energy, you'll see one gigantic energy field. I like to think of it as a blob of energy that's constantly shifting, changing shape, turning into new variations and versions of itself. And this energy field, how, do, how does it work? Well, it's basically built around particles, forces, and empty space. Now, particles, let's start with that. They don't really actually exist. They are just electrical charges inside the energy field. But we tend to visualize them as spheres, as tiny balls, and we can call them. At the, the tiny, tiny, tiniest level that we know, we call them quarks. And slightly bigger, we might call them protons or electrons. And, and they make up the atom, which, which we used to think was the smallest thing, the smallest particle that existed. But we realized that we were wrong. There's something even smaller. And it's very likely that we'll keep finding smaller and smaller and smaller particles forever. And then you move up and the atoms, they form a molecule. And, and then if you keep putting stuff together, you can go from the molecular level, you know, the tiny level to the gigantic astronomical level where you look at celestial bodies such as planets, suns, stars, galaxies, nebula, etc. And they are also particles even though much bigger particles, and they tend to be round, most of them as well, <laughs> depending on from what angle and how far in or how far out you look at them. And this is important, and we'll get back to, to why particles is important. And then in between the particles, you have empty space, a vacuum of sorts, which makes up 99.99999 something percentage of existence of everything. So what we call matter the thing that is not empty space is a tiny, tiny, tiny part of this entire universe, while most of it consists of what is called empty space. 
I've read up on this a bit. In quantum physics, well, basically quantum physics is telling us that inside this empty space, there's actually vacuum energy. There is infinite vacuum energy. And this is also important. So inside empty space, there's it's not empty. Uh, there's something there. There's energy there. But we haven't been able to find a way to tap into that just yet. But that's that's what quantum physics is sort of pointing us at the moment. Also important for this theory to, to keep that in mind. So beyond the particles and in between all of this empty space, we have forces. Forces that basically impact these particles. And you have these forces on the molecular level, we might call them intermolecular forces, for instance. You have forces inside the core of the atom that's keeping it together, but you also have forces way out into space. Uh, we tend to call that gravity, for instance, between Earth and the Moon. And these forces tend to do one of two things. They let the particles either attract each other, so two particles, they just want to hang out together. So the force is basically attracting them to each other like magnets. And this happens in the molecule, in, in the atoms, but also out in space in between celestial bodies such as planets. And then there's the opposing force, repulsion, uh, or particles repelling each other. They do not want to hang out together. They don't like each other. So they instead repel each other. And we see this everywhere. So you have positively charged protons and negatively charged electrons at the molecular level. And it goes all across the board of different uh, particles of different sizes. They have different charges and different types of forces basically steer them and decide what they do. So these particles are basically, they're obeying the forces put on them, the forces around them inside this gigantic unified energy field. So that's basically how the universe works. And to me, if it looks like this, on the tiniest, tiniest level, and the biggest, biggest level that we can see, the observable universe for us, it's probably the same thing all across the board from the tiniest to the biggest. And in a way, at least from our standpoint, our viewpoint, we humans are sort of in between. We're not tiny, tiny atoms, even though we're made out of tiny, tiny atoms. And we're not gigantic planets, even though we are part of planet Earth. We are actually attracted to planet Earth through gravity. So each and every one of us has this force from the planet that's basically keeping us connected to this planet in one way or another. And it's all very simple. By looking at it like this, you'll see that a human being, you and me, is also just a particle. Remember, particles don't really exist. It's just an electrical charge inside an energy field. So we are all just electrical charges inside an energy field, but it's easier to talk about it as particles of different charges inside an energy field impacted by different forces around us. And once you start looking at the world around you like this, it's a very simple way to understand it. So human beings were also attracted or repelled by different forces. So I might be attracted to a certain other human being or another human particle, or another human particle might repel me. Social chemistry kind of thing. I like this person, I do not like that person. We're also attracted or repelled to different types of activities. So at the time being, I'm attracted to creating a podcast and recording my voice and putting it out on the internet. Uh, later tonight, I'll be attracted to the activity of sleeping, for instance. We're also attracted 
or repulsed by different types of food, which is just another type of particle that I now want to eat this food and not that food. I now feel that I need to consume water because I'm thirsty. Everything can be explained by this law of attraction or repulsion. It's just that we tend to call it emotions. We tend to say, you know, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm in love, whatever it might be. But all of those emotions are just forces between particles. So love, for instance, is like gravity. It's the force that's driving everything. It's like magnetism. We'll get back to that too. But that is the, the key force driving everything. This is very much like Star Wars. Star Wars is its own point when it comes to this. There's the force that's driving everything. It's the core of the universe and we call it love. But we could also call it gravity or attraction. And if two particles, let's say me and my wife, Fabiana, are attracted to each other, which we are, and if we are very, very attracted to each other, we will create a new particle, a child. And that is what one of the sort of jobs or the things that particles can do is to create new particles. And with new particles, we can keep the energy field going because sooner or later, all particles will evaporate and die and go back into the energy field from which they came. And once again, not these tiny balls, but electrical charges that come and go in life. So creating new particles is one of the things that particles can do on any level in this entire existence or, or universe. And the other thing we do is process information. So uh, me and my friend David that I just had a long conversation with this afternoon, we will not create a new particle because we're both male human beings. So at least not yet, <laughs> it's impossible for us, for us to do that. And we're also not... Uh, attracted by the same kind of force. It's still attraction, but with a slightly different purpose. And the purpose for us is to jointly process information. So I get a lot of information into the particle I call nails, and he has a lot of information flowing through the particle or, or the electrical charge called David. And we're attracted to each other because together we can process information better. And how do we do this? Well, we communicate, basically. If you, if you look at particles inside the molecule, they are communicating. They are also creating new particles and they are also processing information. And they communicate through chemicals, through energy, through vibrations. So chemicals, electricity, vibrations are three ways that particles can communicate. And hey, it's a big surprise, humans do the same thing. We communicate through vibrations, spoken word. What I'm doing right now is communicating through vibrations. We communicate through uh, chemicals like touch and smell, for instance, which my communication with you guys right now does not consist of that. And then we communicate through electricity, which we do do in this podcast because the internet, for instance, is one way for human beings to communicate through electricity. So we're basically just particles doing what particles do. We communicate in different ways. We're attracted to each other, we're repelled by each other. And we do this to create new particles and to process information. And processing information seems to be what the universe is all about. I think I've already touched upon that, that the purpose of life has to be exploration because we get rewarded when we explore and we feel like shit when we don't explore. And exploration is basically just processing information. Now, this is a pretty cool insight. And uh, let me already now get into the implications of this. If we understand that we are simply particles with different charges inside this eternal infinite energy field, that can actually make life easier in many ways. If I know that all of my emotions are just the results of different forces upon me, it's easier to understand myself. So uh, we've already covered what love is. 
Another way to explain the uh, emotion of, of anger is two particles, or conflict for that matter, is two particles that strongly repel each other. Or perhaps two particles that are just on different paths inside the energy field that happen to, to smash into each other. And they're going their separate ways, but they're sort of in, in the way of each other. And, and once again, once they can start communicating, and if I'm one of those particles, I say, this is my need, this is what I want, this is where I'm headed. And then the particle I'm having a conflict with can say, oh, well, I have a different need and I'm heading in a different direction. And through communication, we can sort of solve our differences and go our separate ways and understand that we are different particles, different charged particles with different purposes inside the energy field. And it makes it easier to accept that we're all different. To accept that, you know, every type of particle around is actually needed for this entire energy field to work. Uh, it would make it easier for us to both solve conflicts by speaking of it in this way, but also to actually deal with our own relationships. If I feel, you know, that I, I'm, I don't have this attraction to the person next to me that I'm perhaps supposed to be working with or who's a friend of a friend that I'm supposed to be a friend to, but doesn't really work out. I don't have to feel ashamed of that. I can just openly say that, well, you know, my charge is telling me this right now. The forces upon me is telling me this right now. It's nothing bad. There's no one here to blame. We're just different. And through that type of open communication, which we tend to be really ashamed of sharing, things would probably become much, much easier. And there's so much going on here in the human brain. We have so much shame and anxiety and, and we get nervous that we tend to be, a lot of times at least, uh, not the optimal particle <laughs> inside the energy field because I have all of these forces on me that are telling me emotionally that I should be doing that, I should be hanging out with that person, I should not be doing this, I should not be hanging out with that person. But we're so scared to hurt each other's feelings that we might not let that out. And I might even feel a strong attraction to a person, but I'm so nervous and self-conscious that I can't express this, I, I don't dare to express it. And that's basically just a particle not really fulfilling its, its natural purpose. So once we start doing this, we feel better. And, you know, in, in groups of people, energy and collaboration starts working much better, which is basically just the energy field working much better because the particles are following the forces on them and, and doing their job. So basically, if you look at existence, it's just this gigantic energy field which consists of particles in empty space. And since it has infinite energy inside the empty space, and empty space is everywhere, then basically the energy field is infinite. It has infinite energy. And then if you think of it like that, that's also a way to explain what consciousness is. So consciousness, you know, I'm feeling that I am Nils, and I'm experiencing stuff around me. I can see the room I'm in. I can see people around me. I can hear stuff. I can taste stuff. I can smell stuff. What we know as consciousness. It becomes apparent what the purpose of consciousness is. And in a way also what the purpose of ego is because they're tightly connected. And that is to form sort of the, the boundary or it's enabling the particle to find other particles and to feel the forces upon it. So if I'm a particle and I am conscious, I can know that I am a particle. I call myself a human being and I can see other particles around me. And by doing that, that enables me to be attracted to them or repelled by them. If I was not conscious, I couldn't possibly be attracted to anything 
because there's nothing there. And I couldn't follow any forces on me because it would be impossible. I need to be an entity to be able for this thing to happen. The electrical charge is consciousness because the electrical charge is needed for the forces, the attraction or repulsion to be able to even exist. So that to me is what consciousness is in this sort of physics way of looking at life and existence. What that then also means is that, you know, if everything is an energy field and everything that we see or can find inside the energy field are just different types of electrical charges or particles under different types of forces. And any particle must have consciousness in order to be able to even exist. That means everything has consciousness. Even the rock outside in the garden where I'm looking right now must have consciousness in order for it to be this entity because it has electrical charges that's keeping it together as one big rock, one big particle consisting of an infinite number of particles, and smaller and smaller and smaller particles. But on the rock, you have the force of gravity towards planet Earth. So it is a particle, there's a force working upon it, and for that to work, it must have consciousness. It's not the same kind of consciousness that we call consciousness. It's not the human type of consciousness, but it must have some sort, some form of consciousness to even be able to exist as a particle, as something with an electrical charge that can be attracted to things or repelled by things, which is a kind of mind-blowing thing. So if you look around you and think that everything around you is conscious, it's kind of a mind-blowing idea. What I've said so far I hope is fairly easy to understand. And I've touched upon how things are eternal and infinite, and then they're not even important for what I've said so far. I've just decided to touch on them um, because that allows us to take this theory one step further. We've already established that everything is energy and we're inside this energy field that might or might not be eternal or infinite. But looking at physics, uh, there's a lot of things suggesting that it is eternal and infinite. Uh, one thing again is that energy cannot be created nor destroyed. That would mean energy is eternal. And if everything is energy, then everything is eternal. And then we first thought that the atom was the smallest particle, the smallest you know entity that existed, and then realized, oh no, we were wrong. There are electrons and neutrons and protons inside that atom. And oh, that must be the smallest thing. Oh no, again, we were wrong again. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> there are quarks and even smaller entities, even smaller particles. Which means to me that it's very likely that we'll keep finding smaller and smaller and smaller particles. You can keep dividing everything into smaller and smaller and smaller pieces and that you could most likely do that infinitely. That in itself would mean that the energy field is infinite because you can always divide it into smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller charges. But also you have the, the fact that in empty space, according to quantum physics, you have infinite vacuum energy. So in all the empty space around the particles, uh, around these electrical chargers, you have infinite energy. So that in itself is infinite. So that must mean that the energy field is infinite. And we are particles inside an energy field where the particles are the energy field. I'm a particle, but I'm also the entire energy field. But inside me, I have infinite energy. So that means I am also an infinite energy field. And then any molecule in me 
is part of the infinite energy field called Nils, but it also holds infinite energy inside, so that in itself is also an infinite energy field. I think you see where this is going. Everything must then be an infinite energy field inside a particle, which is just, you know, an electrical charge inside another infinite energy field. And this goes in all directions all the time, <laughs> which means we live in an infinite multiverse, not just parallel, it's multiverse up and down and sideways, if you choose to look at it like this. And that's a mind blowing thought. It's a thought that takes some time to process. So, so feel free to do that <laughs> and see what you make of it. So looking at existence like this as electrical charges that we call particles inside an infinite energy field will explain that everything is one because everything is one particle. I'm not the only particle here. You know, planet Earth is a particle. The solar system is a particle in itself and the universe as a whole is a particle inside another infinite energy field, which is also a particle inside another infinite energy field, which is also a particle. Our universe is basically just an atom inside another gigantic universe, if you believe this theory, which I, at least at the moment, strongly and really do. So it explains how everything is one, because everything is one particle, but everything is also infinite, because everything is an infinite energy field. So when you, when you listen to philosophers and also physicists speaking of how, how everything must be one, it makes sense. And how everything is also everything, everything is infinite, also makes sense at the same time. So in a particle and an infinite unified energy field, everything is one and everything is infinite. But it also explains the duality of existence, how even though everything is one, it needs to have two sides in order to be able to exist. If you look at this from a physical physics standpoint and think about it, where do you find energy? Where do you find the electrical charge? Well, you basically find the energy field in between two charges, right? Think of a battery or a magnet or anything like that. You have a positive and a negative. And in between those opposites is where you find the energy. That's, that's where it's held. And it can't be created, can't be destroyed, but you know, that's where it's at. It's in between the positive and the negative. And if you just scale up your perspective a bit and think about your own life, about existence, you know, walking around in society, minding your own business, and, and you, you tend to feel that everything is positive and everything is negative. There's the good and the bad. And the thing is, the good can't exist without the bad. Just like you need both the positive and the negative charge in order for energy, which is everything, to be able to exist. That's why you can't have light without darkness. You need something that's the opposite that you can compare it to. You can't have happiness without unhappiness. You can't have nothing without something. And so on and so on and so on. So all of these things, light, darkness, happiness, unhappiness, are just positive and negative charge. So you'll find existence in between the positive and the negative. So you need both the positive and the negative for anything to be able to exist. Now, as human beings, we tend to think that I only want the positive, right? I just want to be happy. I just want the light. <laughs> I don't want death. I just want life and so on. But by wanting that, we would eliminate ourselves because we need both sides in order to be able to even exist. All of existence 
exists in between a positive and a negative charge. That's the yin and yang thing. You'll find this both in philosophy and in physics. It's exactly the same thing. So the duality of the world can be explained through physics. The world is one. You know, everything is one. Everything is infinite. But everything also has two sides, two charges, plus and minus, because otherwise it wouldn't be able to even exist. I know it's hard, it can be hard to sort of think rationally uh, about this. I've, I've spent a good amount of time thinking about it and really feeling into it and experiencing this myself. But uh, once you start looking at it, or I urge you to try it just for one day, walk around in your day-to-day -day <laughs> regular life and try to think of yourself as a particle among other particles. Try to, to identify and just look at the forces steering your way through the day. What do you feel attracted to? What do you feel repelled to? Why is that? While you're walking around on this gigantic particle or cell membrane that we call planet Earth, that we're actually stuck to through gravity, through attraction, it's an interesting experience, I must say. And once again, why, why am I bringing all of this up? Why am I boring you with a theory of, of everything? It's because I feel that it holds huge potential, whether or not it's true even. It holds huge potential to improve a lot of things in our personal lives and in society by looking at it like this. I've already said it, but it makes things easier. It makes relationships easier. I can be more honest towards others if I know that I'm just a particle inside an energy field. I can also understand that the purpose is just for the energy field to flow better, right? We just want particles to work better together so the entire energy field that is existence works better so that that particle can work better with other particles inside the next energy field. Now, the big question is obviously then not anymore what are we and what's our purpose, but rather what's the purpose of the energy field? Why is that there? Uh, that's a really big question to answer. And, and like I, I put it in the Medium article, it's probably too big of a question to answer for a tiny particle such as myself, but it can sort of take the edge off your day-to-day -day stress and anxiety. And it's also easier for yourself to, to understand what stress and anxiety is because a particle that's stressed out or anxious um, is that because there are multiple forces, you know, pulling it in different directions. Should I go this way? Should I go that way? Yeah, another particle wants me to do this, but I, at the same time, I'm feeling attracted to this other activity or this other particle, or I feel repelled by something. And, and you become a very confused little particle uh, that can't make up your mind, don't know where to go in the energy field anymore that will make you feel stressed out and anxious while once we learn to follow our natural flow to listen into the forces around us to understand what we're drawn to emotionally and why and be honest and truthful in that towards the particles around us then life seems to to get better and and flow better and just imagine if an entire society could think of it like that. We're all just particles inside this magnificent, beautiful energy field that we call life and existence. It's really cool. We don't really know what it's for, but let's keep this thing going, right? We don't wanna end it. We wanna keep it going. Then our job is simply to work on ourselves as particles and uh, to work on our, on our little you know, clusters of particles we call a circle of friends or a family or a community or a team or a company and try to make 
make the energy flow better, try to process information in better ways, try to create really great new particles who dare to follow the forces that steer them through the energy field. And that would make life much better for us because that's basically how, how everything works. And it would also you know, make it easier for us to accept that we're all different particles, that an introvert person is basically just a particle that only works with specific other particles or that needs more space and distance to other particles inside the energy field to really do its job well. While, you know, an influencer or someone we look up to is a particle that attracts a lot of other particles, that has this strong force of attraction that vibrates in a way that other particles really, really enjoy. And, you know, with that comes a great deal of, of responsibility, because if you're one of those particles that vibrate a lot, that attract a lot of other particles to you, then you play a really important role in this energy field. And if you know that, then you would understand that, that your main purpose is to make all the particles that you're connected to work better instead of just focusing on, on getting as much of the energy of the resources as you can for yourself. Because what tends to happen is if you're one of these influential nodes or particles in the energy field and other particles start vibing around you and getting attracted to you, you'll get a lot of their energy, right? In this world, that would be translated to money or Instagram likes or followers or whatever shape or form energy takes in, in this part, in this dimension. And then if you, if you get greedy with that, then you basically, you know, you consume too much energy to your little part of the entire energy field, while your real job is to make everything run smoother in the energy field. That's, that's what we all want, right? And it also makes it clear that we all exist not for ourselves, but for each other and for all of existence. So I am this particle, this little tiny electrical charge called Nils. And my purpose is to interact with all the other particles, process information, make new particles with them, and basically distribute energy in the best way possible for them. And I, I do that through the attractions and the repulsions and, you know, these forces connecting me to everything else around me. And I don't exist because everything is about the particle nils. Nothing is about the particle nils. The particle nils exists for everyone else's sake. Everyone exists for everyone else. And if, if we just like skip this physics-based worldview for a second, it really makes sense in the regular way of looking at life. Two, I exist for the people around me because by existing for them, I won't have to feel alone and they won't have to feel alone. If everything is one, and that would mean that we're basically alone, we're one thing, we're one existence, and that's all there is. And, and we don't want to be alone. The biggest fear of a particle is obviously to be in this vacuum with no forces, no other particles, nothing that interacts with it. It's all alone. And naturally, we can't have that. And if I make sure to exist for the people around me that I love, then that means I'll have them around me. If I give them love, they won't have to feel alone. And through that, I won't have to feel alone. So both through an emotional point of view, but also through this physics-based you know, based version or view of existence, we all exist for each other, not for ourselves which is a kind of a nice reminder to take with you in your daily life as well. If you start 
thinking about it like that, if I start feeling that my purpose here is to be here for everyone else, then um, I'll get a lot of love back through that and, and that will make me feel better and less alone. So I hope this episode hasn't been too confusing. This theory has just sort of taken shape in my head too. So I'm still looking for the best ways to describe it. Once again, everything is just one gigantic, enormous, infinite, eternal energy field, which is also a particle inside another infinite energy field. Everything we call matter is just tiny little particles under the laws of attraction and repulsions on all levels. So thank you once again for listening. And I did promise to also talk about ping pong balls. And I know this episode will be a little, just a little bit longer because of that. But let's talk about ping pong balls. <laughs> Making it easier, perhaps at the end of this episode, after talking about physics and chemistry for such a long time, let's make this super simple and, and just focus on consciousness for a moment. One way of explaining this thing is by using a ping pong ball. <laughs> So what is consciousness and what are we really? Well, if you imagine an energy field, we've just spoken about that, but, but take it in the form of a, a tiny light, like a lead light, or maybe even a flame that keeps changing, you know, it's energy, right? But we'll use it in the form of light because that is what energy tends to become and the way we tend to look at energy. So you have a, a tiny light source inside a ping pong ball. The ping pong ball is the boundary we call consciousness. We are the light source, but the ping pong ball is the consciousness. And why is that? Well, as soon as you are created, there's a little hole that appears in the ping pong ball. You basically take a needle, you poke a hole inside the ping pong ball, and hey, Nils exists. He was just born as a tiny, tiny little dot of light leaking out through the ping pong ball. And Nils the consciousness Nils is, is that hole. It's, it's the layer of the ping pong ball, right? Even though Nils is actually the light and every, you know, everything and everyone is actually the light, the consciousness of Nils is on the surface of the ping pong ball where Nils feels that I'm just this tiny dot of light. And then in order to be able to interact with and you know, see things around himself and to also see himself, Let's imagine that the ping pong ball is actually inside a slightly larger ball. Let's call it a tennis ball. <laughs> so you see this light source inside a ping pong ball with tiny holes in it inside a tennis ball. And on the inside of this tennis ball, it tends to be kind of rubbery, weird thing if you ever opened a tennis ball. But let's say someone put tin foil, reflective tin foil on the inside of the tennis ball. So it basically becomes like a mirror looking in. So while the tiny light dot that is Nils is looking out from his consciousness level, he sees his own reflection in the tinfoil. And he sees, he sees other tiny dots of light around him, other holes in the ping pong ball. And he thinks, okay, I see myself and I'm a tiny dot here. And there are other tiny dots around me. And by the looks of it, they are not me because there's space between us. And uh, he might say, oh, over here is a tiny light dot called Fabiana. And, and here's another tiny light dot called David. And here's another one called Federico, etc. And we're all different. We kind of look the same. I think we have a lot of things in common, but we're obviously not the same because there's space between us, right? And to make this explain sort of 
our experience of existence even more. Let's say the tennis ball is slowly spinning all the time. And you know, tinfoil, when you put it on the inside of a tennis ball, it doesn't become smooth, right? Unless you're an expert at doing these things. But if I were to do it, the tinfoil would be kind of, you know, bumpy, not super smooth, which means the reflection, if the tennis ball is spinning, would change all the time. So this tiny light dot Nils looking out and seeing the reflection of himself and others would feel that hmm, um, things are changing here. You know, feels like just a moment ago, things looked a little different than they do now. Actually, it's just a spinning tennis ball and time doesn't really exist, but the consciousness of Nils will perceive it as changing all the time because the reflection is different all the time. This would be the equivalent of the energy field changing all the time, which it is because the light source, you know, it's flowing, it's changing form and shape inside that flame or that, that light, that lead light inside that ping pong ball. And this is basically one way of looking at how existence works. We're all the same thing, we're all the light source, but we think we're not because where our consciousness is a ping pong ball <laughs> and we see the reflection inside this tennis ball where we see ourselves as different entities. And when someone passes away, someone dies. Let's say I die. So the little tiny hole of light that is Nils, he dies. Then there's a tiny little lid just placed on top of that hole. And all the other light dots around Nils, they see, they see that reflection of the lid still and they remember what's underneath. And they say, that used to be someone we called Nils. And he used to be like this and that because we saw that in the reflection in the tennis ball. But now he's gone. We don't really know where he went, but we can't see him anymore and we can't really interact with him anymore. So he's probably gone. Maybe he's gone to a place we call heaven or, or hell, or maybe there's nothing, who knows, but he's not here anymore and we miss him, at least. I hope you would miss me. And then as, as those dots who are around Nils also start passing away and dying, there are more lids placed on them, and sooner or later, there will be no light dots left to remember what was underneath those lids once. There might be, you know, names on the internet or on a gravestone, but no one really remembers them anymore. But we know what's going on inside the ping pong ball, right? Everyone is still there. Everything is still there. It's just no longer leaking out through the holes of the ping pong ball. So that's another way of looking at existence and the energy field, which is basically, you know, this light source inside a ping pong ball. And inside the ping pong ball, it's eternal. This, this energy field, this light is always there. It's always glowing, so to speak. And we are always that one thing yet that we think that we're not so if we learn to look inside like you know switch your focus stop staring at the tennis ball that's spinning around you all the time and try looking inside toward the source that's what you'll find that's why so many people talk of experience of feeling like unified and one with the universe because we are we are the universe so i promised to speak about ping pong balls and obviously i left it for the end <laughs> to keep you guys on your toes and, and keep you guys listening uh thank you for that thank you for listening as always any thoughts or reactions i would really love to also welcome better ways of explaining this i understand that that i've 
been rambling trying to explain how everything is a unified energy field inside a particle. And, and it's not super obvious. It's something that you might have to think about, but primarily talk about for a while to, to grasp it. And hopefully you will. And uh, agree with me, maybe, or disagree with me, maybe. In any case, it's an interesting topic to keep exploring. And I think that's it for today. Thank you for listening to this little particle and this little hole of light inside a ping pong ball, <laughs> vibrating and using electricity to process information and distribute energy inside this energy field that we all are, which is scary, sad, but very, very beautiful. And until next time, I hope you have a lovely day and remember that you're all magnificent. 